Mohit here. Uh, I'm founder at Blash, and uh, today we have uh, Arjun with me. Uh, I think Arjun, as I stated in my previous post, I, I believe one of the magicians in D2C world. You know, he scaled or you know the brand to 100 CR in so uh, short span of time. So you know, love to interact with Arjun, trying to understand what he what he did, and you know, trying to gain some experience. I'm excited, excited for the conversation and. I can you talk about my favorite topic um, in D2C as well. So as I always say, retention is the secret sauce of the superpower of D2C. But to start with, Arjun, maybe, you know, tell me something about, you know, how's the Dr. Vaidya's journey was, you know, what all things you did and what was this, you know, I know we cannot summarize these things in, in a lot of hard work must have gone in. Lots of founders um, read the end of the story. And just want to get to the end without sort of doing the struggle in between. Right. Um, I'm sorry, we'll break down the doctor's journey into three phases, right? Phase one was starting the brand, developing a thesis, saying, "Hey, my family legacy is in Ayurveda. My last name is Ayurvedic doctor. My dada cured me of asthma. I have 150 years of Ayurveda legacy in my family. Let's do something with this." Right. So that was phase one. In phase one, I quit my job. I started this brand called Doctor Ayurveda with a thesis and wanted to. Ancient Ayurveda and make it appealing accessible to modern consumers. So that was the thought process behind the brand we launched in 2016 October offline. Obviously, that's where all Ayurveda brands were being launched, or all brands were being launched, insurgent brands. There was no word called D2C or no concept of e-commerce first or e-commerce only brands. And so that time, actually, when we launched, uh, we went offline, failed miserably, unfortunately. I was young, I didn't have enough capital, couldn't stand up against Dabar, Imami, Patanji, that you know. And so eventually we didn't do so well, right? And um, we put 10 lakhs of stock in market after a very successful launch in Enditaj Lands and Hotel. And three months later, we got 9 lakhs worth of stock back because nobody knew Dr. Vedas. So we built to distributors, distributors built to retailers, retailers couldn't build to L customers. Products sort of stayed at the store, nobody wanted it and we came on that, right? At that time, it was a big failure. And that's what started phase two where we said, okay, this is not working. Let's move from here to figure out something else. My wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, um, she had moved back from the UK. She was at Goldman in the UK and then moved back and was at the founding team at Nika. And she said, look, you've seen this e-commerce wave in your journey as an investor. My first job at a college was in the private equity space. She said, you've seen this e-commerce wave in your journey as an investor. I've seen it in my time at Nika. Nobody's doing Ayurveda online. That's where you should spend your time. And so I convinced her to join the business and we started DrVedias.com in November 2017. We didn't know anything about D2C. We didn't know anything about e-commerce at the time. Um, and so eventually uh, set up from zero an e-commerce business. We learned Facebook, Google, Shopify, WooCommerce, advertising, speaking to customers, all of that from scratch as we started. And I think um, with that, because we had time, right? we had the good fortune of time back in those days, uh, we learned everything from scratch. Right? So we learned what it was to build a business, what it was to get orders, what it was to dispatch orders. We eventually learned how, how to build an e-commerce business, but also spoke to every single customer. Right? And that's what allowed us to understand the thesis. That's what allowed us to understand what's working, what's not, where our customers are coming from. And then we got to 50 orders a day. Right? One day we got to 50 orders a day. 
And from there was phase three, which was the hyperscale phase. That's how we got from fifty to five thousand dollars a day. We understood our thesis, had product market fit, and then hyperscale levels. Right. So while you may say it's a short span of time, it actually had two phases, which took a long period of time before we started getting scale. And establishing product market fit, understanding your customer acquisition path, and then eventually scaling with the power of retention as well as sort of hyperscale through digital marketing. That's the real journey of a an e-commerce brand. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, yeah, you know, I think uh, very well explained, Arjun. You know, I'm pretty sure this will be a super difficult journey for sure. Means being an entrepreneur, I understand that every bit, what it appears outside and what is there, probably inside. It's, I'm pretty sure people are just seeing the tip of the iceberg. Absolutely. Right. So uh, one thing, right? So now this whole D two C game, uh, uh, I think. Has changed now, like you know, the whole online commerce. If we closely observe for last two three years, practically, I think it's it has changed, right? In terms of how do you approach stuff in terms of to a customer, or uh, uh, and it's changing also in terms of how customer is expecting. So, do you think you have some thoughts here, Arjun, in terms of how it was there, say you know, two three years back, you know, and now you you know. Where do you think that uh, uh, how it is changing? You know, do you, uh, look. I think there's a big change from the time I started. Right when we started, was the early days of e-commerce, the early days of DTC brands. We were part of the first quarter DTC brands. Right, Mama, Mom's Co, Wow, Boot, Delicious, Doctor Vedya's, like first few in 2016-17. And so that time there was a few customers online and a few brands online. So if the customer came for Ayurveda online, they would only see us and they buy us, right? Uh, what happened post that was more DTC brands scaling, um, the businesses and industry started scaling, and then COVID hit us. COVID gave a ins- insane exponential spike to the demand for DTC, um, but with that came an insane amount of customers coming to DTC as well, as well as an insane number of brands being launched. Right, and so you now have a much larger addressable market in terms of number of customers, but also if you have two x, three x. 5x the demand. You have 5x, 10x, 15x the number of brands. And so today, the problem is that customers will buy online, but they have to choose you over the other brands in the competitive landscape. And so, luckily for me, that's the bigger change, biggest change. You have to know your technicals of B to C really, really well in today's market because there are enough brands and founders who already know it. You have to also find a way to differentiate your brand as compared to everything else in the market, right? And so that's why brand content, community, testimonials, and retention has become even more important today. Because CPMs are all time high, performance marketing is expensive as the number of advertisers have increased. And so getting your technicals right is much more important today than was five years ago when I started. Absolutely, bang on. You know, uh, I was just doing. So when we started the journey of Blash, you know, one of the Key pointers behind the product is, you know, this PPC, right? So I clearly know that when I track uh, certain categories in this performance marketing, some of the category cost has probably, you know, increased four times today, right? So you know, any customer who a brand is trying to acquire, and if the LTV from that customer is not sustainable, right, then we will not be able to, you know, probably grow. That's that's my thought. So. Uh, customer retention yes it it does become very very critical here uh, but from from a customer mindset right if we take a step back 
I, I also, you know, I'm a heavy, you know, e-commerce customer. So apart, so what are the things which from a mindset of a customer is changing? Like, you know, hey, when I, you, when now, if I go to a, a brand digitally or, you know, on a hybrid model, how the customer mindset has changed, Arjun? And, you know, what is the impact probably brands are taking that, hey, you know, I need to fulfill this particular need of the customer, right? Yeah, look, I think from a customer's perspective, right, customers have become much savvier now um, on two aspects. One, they're much more knowledgeable about products. They've seen many more brands. If you take, let's say, the example of beauty and personal care, they know what salicyclic acid is. They know what sulfate-free paraben free means. They know what DHA, DHA is. The education level of the customers has increased significantly. And you can't fool these customers anymore, even if you try, right? Because they will research back of packs. They'll go online. They'll look at other brands. They look at foreign brands and they know what a good quality product is. So I think from that perspective, you can't fool customers. The second thing is the service levels that a customer expects are significantly improved. That means the packaging that the customer expects the product to come in, the time of delivery, uh, you can't take seven days to deliver an order anymore. That's unacceptable today. The communication during delivery, post-delivery, um, the feedback mechanism, um, all of that is really critical. And, and if you're not able to satisfy the customer, you will get a one-star review or a two-star review on Amazon. That can hurt your brand significantly. So I think customers have become more mature as the market has scaled, market has grown, and more purchases have been done. I'll give an example of my dad. He had never placed an order online pre-pandemic. He's the father of an e-commerce entrepreneur. In April 21, he set up his Amazon account. Um, and so in April 20, he set up his Amazon account. He's now placed more than 50 orders on Amazon. He now buys from his Instagram feed. And if the order is delayed, he'll pick up the phone and call the customer service and tell him. That's the big difference. Customers are so savvy now, they can watch our brand. And, and it's not just new age young customers. It's also the middle-aged customers, which weren't necessarily the bread and butter e-commerce customers. They're, they're improving and they're becoming more savvy as well. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. means, I think, customer he was the pivotal you know for any business but i think today you know the digital access has empowered a customer in terms of you know, you know what kind of superior services is expecting what kind of good uh, customer experience is expecting both online and offline stuff right so touching upon you know the customer retention part you know you talked about you know it is critical we all know that customer retention is a mother's statement that you know hey i need to retain my customer so you you are uh, 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 probably an active investor, right? You will be talking to you know multiple D two C or you know the online commerce brands, right? So from a retention perspective, uh, there is there is so whenever I I speak to a growth uh, uh, folks now most of most of the growth community is focused on achieving the top line, which is correct, right? I don't deny on that. But and the, the whole customer retention is a little non glamorous part for anyone, right? Like, you know, whenever somebody you will ask, okay, Trust no, me for people who know D2C, it's the most glamorous part, right? So, if yeah. someone doesn't know the industry, someone else, then maybe they'll just focus on revenue growth. But, um, I think any savvy operator will say, hey, what's your repeat rate? Um, and what's your CAC for repeat order versus a new order? Um, why is retention important? Because if you think about it, if you look at the unit economics of a D2C business, right? look at a D2C PNL, 
there is revenue minus tax giving you net revenue the discounts are also sort of minus off there's net revenue then there's cost of goods sold the cost to manufacture the product plus the packaging the primary to secondary packaging into gross margin below the gross margin you have three costs largely right on a per order basis logistics packaging which would be the box or the courier bag or the mail bag etc like that um and then customer acquisition cost right and that eventually leads to your contribution margin the amount you make on a per order basis now logistics cost largely won't change per order packaging cost won't change what will change is cac customer acquisition cost is significant when you get in the customer end for the first time example is whatever lens card may have paid to acquire me 21 months ago i have now spent 65 to 70000 rupees on lens card since then whatever they may have spent on acquiring me 505000 20000 rupees they're still in the money right now because the amount of transactions that i've made on that platform and so if you look at a repeat order right there is still your net revenue minus your cogs in your gross margin there's logistics and packaging but if the customer acquisition cost on a new order would be 400 or 800 or 1000 rupee order here would be less than 100 rupees because you pay for the sms email push notification maybe a call to that customer maybe some retargeting marketing but it's significantly lower than the first order and so that's actually where d2c brands make money make significant lifetime value of customers right and so the real secret sauce of d2c business is getting a good quality experience to a customer through your product brand and customer journey to get them to come back and pay rupees again and one which many of us said this on my podcast as well why is it so cool because honestly d2c brands are the only people who have names mobile numbers email addresses addresses and products bought think about the amount of middlemen that you would have to go through to get this data from an offline retail store if you're a brand a large brand and super sophisticated and then eventually to get the customer data even if there is any customer data right and so you have this amount of data which nobody else has and so it's your job as a d2c brand to leverage it correctly and get customers to come back so think about it when i launch a new product and i have 1 lakh customers in my database i can just email them or whatsapp them about the new product and maybe 1000 2000 will buy just by that communication how powerful is that right right cool the other thing i notice about retention as well is there are multiple channels of retention there's email sms push notification whatsapp call retargeting through social media as a brand it's your job to use all of these but to very quickly realize where your customers transacting and double down on that so it's counterintuitive for me as the founder of dr vedyas to use calling because i hate calling i hate customers calling me right i hate brands calling me but my customers wanted to be called rather than email and so my calls would run at 6xr and my emails would run 1 1 or 2xr right and so it's clear that i have to reach the customer where they want to be and so sometimes your own personal experience or intuition may not yield the answer to higher customers only contact correct 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 so so what are the couple of things which you think that what a brand is doing already today right from from you know uh, the retention perspective and what are the things they should do it right you know if i if you take a graph of say next 3 to 5 years right as i was mentioning in the past right now if we clock back say 15 20 years back right this whole engagement retention model was uh, more from a uh, the the mass smss that we used to get right and followed which uh, probably 5 years back 
it came that now these uh, approaches become more targeted more omni channel right over sms whatsapp and all those things right now where do we see you know next 5 years how is the customer journey would look like right on the innovation side probably people are doing thinking to address this problem arjun yeah look i think uh, the first thing i would say is there are still a large section of real estate brands that don't have the entire automated customer journeys in place um so i think you see more and more dtc brands using marketing automation and building customer journeys uh but in the medium term i would say that there will be a lot more personalization of retention into customer delight which will mean personalized videos personalized notes going from founders um products being sent to top customers top customers being invited to offline locations there is not enough customer delight and retention and if you think about it, your top 10 customers if they contribute 40 40% of the company revenue they deserve vip treatment um and i think we've not done enough here yet there are some brands do some cool stuff like a whole truth or a sleepy owl really reward their top customers but i think more and more is done here um to make a customer feel proud or happy or excited that they are indeed part of a tribe that you call your brand right um and so i think as we go forward mass personalization as well as customer delight will be the pillar with which high quality retention journeys will be excellent excellent and how does the digital experience fits into in this whole this model in terms of when you land into a, a, a somebody's website or application the digital experience how big a role that play here arjun everything i said um right now can be digital or digitally assisted right i'll give you the example of my family business so after we exited doctor devyas my family business been in the jewelry and watch states for the last 35 years they run one of india's most premium jewelry boutiques both in bombay and delhi and all their sales are offline and i said look that's great but like there is something we can do for for the online space and so we built this we built a high quality website we started putting out solid content on instagram and started using some amount of performance marketing and we realized that hey there are customers buying 20 lakhs 30 lakhs and 40 lakhs worth of jewelry digitally assisted which means they'll they'll discover you through digital or social media they'll then do a virtual tour they may complete the transaction at your store but the entire experience of acquiring the customer you would never come to your store before happens digitally and so actually even if the eventual moment of truth is offline there's so much power and leverage for it a company that had not done any online sales is now generating crores of digital assisted sales absolutely absolutely right so this brings me to another you know connected important question now majority of the brands today right everybody would love to have a good uh, website or application app in place right how do how do a brand actually differentiate in terms of what is the digital experience brand a versus brand b can give on premise like for example now i was reading about uh, the session time on a particular app or web has decreased by at least 20 to 30% in last 1 to 2 years right there is another very startling number which came here is that uh, from one of the uh, mckinsey report that close to 55% of customers today right 
switches to another brand at the very last moment what they actually intended to buy okay, so i, I am an at a website or a app and trying to do something unfortunately probably it is not very really engaging enough right in terms of uh, the plain vanilla content it has and you know i switch out right so uh, what's your thought here like you know how what brand should do to you know create that more uh, uh, engaging slash the organic connect towards the brand uh, when somebody is there uh, on the property itself yeah i would say think differently number one and number two your brand stands for something um it stands for a vision a mission some called philosophy and so translate that to your attention journey as well why should attention be boring right Um, I sent a personalized video pushing our top 500 customers happy Diwali, where I mentioned their name, and I said we sent the video to each of these customers personally. Right? No brand had ever done that. Now there is mass personalization. That time I recorded 500 different videos, but customers went crazy. Could have sent them a Diwali gift worth thousands of rupees, but they thought this was the coolest thing they've ever received. And this went to all our top vendors and partners as well. So, so I think just. That was really core to our ethos. We had a strong message of uh, healthy Diwali because it was the first year of COVID for everybody. People loved it. Absolutely. Great, great, great. So uh, now, one probably a quick thing now. So from a tech enabler now, companies like Blash, right, or someone who's trying to you know mostly focus on giving that more and more value-rich experience when a customer lands onto you know somebody's site either it could be a, a, a live commerce or a social commerce where customer gets an immersive experience right so what's your thought that you know how does you know the tech enablers like flash can help the ecosystem in terms of solving these problems where ultimately the ecosystem has to become rich right then customers has to be happy right so what's your thought on this Companies are really busy. Um, they have lots of things to do on product, brand, retention, and operations, and so there is huge market for DTC enablement. I'm a big believer in enablement of DTC. I've invested in more than 15 companies from personal capacity, um, and I think as DTC gets more and more technical, founders will focus on less and less things, and so they will they will look for plug and play solutions to solve large problems, which I ended up doing myself. Right, we ended up doing it in house. We ended up We we worked in a time when there was no marketing automation, everything was done on Excel. There was no outsourcing, there was no quick commerce, no quick delivery, no order management systems, no warehouse management system. All those things have changed, and today's founder actually takes these for granted, right? And so with that, there will be lots of tech enablement and DTC enablement, and founders will need more and more of this. Um, and so to the enablers, I think um, as long as you're building a high quality solution which adds value to a founder's life or a brand's life, and Reduce the amount of pain by giving convenience. I think you're in a good place. Excellent. Yeah, I think it's a very enriching discussion, Arjun. Anything, any, any other final tips? Any, anything if you want to suggest to the growth community that you know, these are the three things. Focus on this, and then probably you know, I think that's that's a sustainable growth recipe. Well, look, I think uh, it's an exciting time for D2C. Uh, as we all keep saying, it's a decade of D2C. um double down on brand double down on retention um and uh speak to customers the best founders still speak to 50 to 100 customers a month um i think that 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 should be um that should give you enough ammunition to really move the gears and scale your business 
Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I think it was very insightful, Arjun. You know, I think very, very insightful. Uh, thank you again for taking some time out, Arjun. You know, I really enjoyed it. Have a good weekend. Bye. Yeah. yeah.